As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. It is Wednesday. It's high noon here on the AltaCast on mutinyradio.fm. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. What is it, the 12th? I have no idea what day it is. The 12th of April. Just a timestamp so you know what's happening. So you know how our lives are falling apart day by day. Uh, welcome to the AltaCast. Today, uh, news from Drug Policy Alliance and from Narl Pro-Choice America, of course, because what kind of news am I interested in? Why, drugs and abortion, of course. The things that actually affect me. We're going to be joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, very soon. Also, look forward to the new rap for today. It's going to be on Ben Carson. Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff will be breaking it down with another rap. This the fourth rap in our of our new album. So right now we have Susan Olson, we have 45, and then from last week, Kellyanne Conway. I didn't even I didn't even pull that one out. I was I was bad. I need to do that today. Anyways. Get into the news, get into the news. Uh, Drug Policy Alliance has a lot today about uh, Mexico, New Mexico, uh, and what's been going on there. Oh, she's here, she's here. The sheriff has arrived. The sheriff is in the house. Hey. Yeah, alcohol-free zone. That's what we are now. No more alcohol here. We can't even bring it in like... I was like, what if we... Bring it in on a Wednesday at noon. Yeah, I got a $4,000 fine from the ABC. But uh, luckily, a lawyer has offered his services pro bono, or not necessarily pro bono, but we're going to make him a commercial for the, on the station. So that's great. Uh, but when did this happen? Saturday night. Saturday night. I've been on social media. I've been anti for a moment. So. Yeah, uh, and I barely put anything out about it. Cause I don't know how much I should talk about it yet or whatever. But we don't have to get into it. Well, it's a four thousand dollar fine. It's specifically to me for selling alcohol without a permit. 
They seized $79, um, $73 from the door and $7 from the bucket at the bar that said suggested donations. The band was like, we brought all the beer. We're like giving the beer away. And they suggested said... Suggested donations. Suggest, and at the door it said donations. But so they said that we ca- charged them a cover. They were undercover. They charged. We charged them a cover. And then... So when they seized the $7 from the bar, five of it was theirs. Exactly. So they seized $7 from the bucket on, on the refrigerator. And they're saying that we were selling without a license. And it, there were $2 in there. They put in $5. And they paid $10 at the door. So when they seized... They're 79. They really only seized because 15 of that they put in. So they really only took $64 from a tiny rate and then charged me with a $4,000 fine. Isn't this what we were talking about before? Well, what? I mean... Didn't we talk about something like how they're they're able to take the money? But what money? There's no money to take. Like, that's the thing. Why come after me? Why come after this small, tiny place and say that, okay, now we can't have beers in here on a Tuesday? You know what I mean? Like, there's a couple comedians in here doing comedy for each other, and they can't have beers inside now. What? Like, really? And they're saying because this is, like, a public space. I mean, I guess they're right. It's illegal. But, but it's so out, small. But the, if, if we're okay, we're a public space, but we're not selling alcohol. Right. Well, we're, now we're, we're not. not but even for donations, you, you can't even give it away. They said I can't even bring a 12-pack and give it away. It's like we're a J.C. Penney's, and you can't go to J.C. Penney's and bring a 12-pack and try on clothes. Right? I mean. I'm sorry. I'm just. I know it's it's hard to understand, but that's why I'm luckily I'm. Pro I mean, bono lawyer. I'm, okay. Francis Sheehan. Okay. Yeah, it's my guy. Uh, so, anyways, that, so that's like the that's the rundown. But it's it's crazy because I can barely wrap my brain around it. That you know, and and the thing is, and I told my lawyer this morning. Um, I was. He's like, well, you do community service, and I said, of course. But that's the whole thing. If I do community service, it has to be at a place that I get to choose because I've already been teaching the kids at the boys and girls club forever. So like, right. I'm already doing community service. Please give me community service. That's fine. Like, cause I already do it. Cause this place is a community service place. Right. I. It's insane. I know. It's really hard to wrap your brain around that. Like. I mean, but isn't that also kind of like entrapment too? I, when they I, they were undercover. When they they were, were doing an undercover thing. I don't know. What they look like? Girls. They were women. They looked. They were dressed just like me. Skinny jeans and hoodies. And underneath their hoodies, they had guns and badges. I know. And Brandon Stokes comes in here with a 12 pack. And that's the thing. People aren't even allowed to bring in their own beer and drink it here. Like, and I think that's weird because as a business, I feel like we should be able to, to decide if we want to let, if people want to bring in, if, if people want to drink inside, I don't have a problem with that, but I guess it's but such it, a big deal to the ABC. It's such a big deal to them, I guess. I don't know why it's, it's such a big deal. It's another way to make money. I know, but I, they can't get the $4,000 out of me because it'll, it would destroy this place to, to make me pay $4,000. It would be like crazy. It I would mean, be crazy. it just, I mean, yes I get it outside yes because you're outside we weren't outside exactly right that's what I'm saying the door was closed they came in you're coming in to uh, I don't like ABC maybe if the door it's and the bummer is this like before I don't like running the door outside I like running the door inside but they put the door outside so I think because they walked by if the door would have been closed and everyone would have been inside and there wouldn't have been anyone at the door, and they would have had to come in to do the door. 
then, then it it would have been entrapment. Okay. But because okay. we had the we had the door open, and we had the door being run outside the door, they could just walk. Because otherwise, they just would have walked by and been like, well, because they wouldn't be able to. Would they knock on the door and then we go, hello, what's going on? Yeah. And if they didn't say we're here to see the Wyatt Act, then we'd be like, what are you here for? Right. Uh, but I don't know. The problem was I wasn't running the door. I was running the board. So I had no control. If I would have seen that lady or... I mean, it just means that... Well, it doesn't matter anymore. There's no alcohol in the space. Right. We can't have it. It's just... It's too dangerous. Until I, until I get through this court case. Until Absolutely. we figure out what's going on. No, no. I agree. So, nice. I, I, you know... ABC, I've dealt with them before. Because they'll just pop up just at any point. To- well, we're on their radar now. We're yeah. definitely on the radar. And why? Why is this tiny place on the radar? It makes no sense to me. But I guess maybe it does make sense because they're like, free speech and stuff is difficult or whatever. So maybe they're targeting that. But it's hard for me to believe. We are out there. And you you know, we're already slightly, well, I'm slightly a conspiracy theorist. But I mean, the fact of the matter is just like, I'm I'm afraid what's going to be next. Well, this is next. So I have a lawyer, though. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, Drug Policy Alliance news, since that's what's important to us, are the drugs and the abortions. So we bring you the news from Drug Policy Alliance and from NARL Pro-Choice America. Donate to them. Oh, hey, and donate to us. Go to our website, mutinyradio.fm, and there's a donate button on the side. You can feel free to give us any amount of money. Uh, although the, we don't have to, at least I don't have to deal with the legal fees because the the lawyer's being a badass. Uh, so this is New Mexico Governor Vito's medical marijuana changes. Governor denies access to medical marijuana for vulnerable New Mexicans at risk of dying from opioid overdoses, ignoring the treatment needs of people who use drug reinforces stigma and shame. Huh. Santa Fe. Uh, this was from four seven. So last week, New Mexico Governor. Susanna Martinez vetoed House Bill 527, HB 527, a measure that would have made improvements to the medical cannabis program. The measure was a collaboration between Senator McSorley, a Democrat from Bernadillo, and Representative Gentry, um, a Republican Bernadillo. Senator McSorley sponsored the initial measure to make changes to the Lynn Pearson and Aaron Armstrong Compassionate Use Act this legislative session. Representative Gentry introduced a similar measure that included input from the office of the governor. Senator McSorley supported Representative Gentry's bill and helped get it through the state Senate. HB 527 passed in the Senate 28 to 9 and in the House 45 to 16. This is the first time that the LECUA has successfully been amended by the legislature since it was signed into law in 2007. The most significant provision in the legislation would have allowed New Mexicans diagnosed with opioid use disorder by a licensed practitioner to be eligible for the medical cannabis program. Nationally, in 2015, more people died from opioid overdoses than died from HIV AIDS when that epidemic peaked in the 1990s. And New Mexico suffers from a disproportionate rate of opioid overdoses compared to nearly every other state in the nation. In the governor's veto message, it states that the provisions in the bill may erode the intent of New Mexico's medical cannabis law. Really, it is the governor who is eroding the intent of the law by denying access access to New Mexicans who desperately need it, said Jessica Gillet policy manager for the Drug Policy Alliance. New Mexico has a public health emergency with respect to over- opioid overdoses. Vetoing this bill means even more New Mexicans will die. It's really that simple. 
as stated in statute, the purpose of the Lynn and Aaron Compassionate Use Act is to allow beneficial use of medical cannabis in a regulated system for alleviating symptoms caused by debilitating medical conditions and their medical treatments. All changes proposed in H-527 were completely aligned with this purpose. The veto message also states that including opioid use disorder independently will likely cause a rapid increase in program enrollment, which the program is currently unable to sustain. The Department of Health has control over the number of producers licensed and the amount of medicine that they are allowed to grow, said Galay. There is no reason that New Mexico's medical cannabis program cannot sustain growth related to adding qualifying conditions. If enrollment in programming if the enrollment in the program increases, the secretary has several options, including increasing the number of plants producers can grow, allowing more licensed producers or both. Additionally, the Department of Health just added several additional employees and purchased additional equipment and office space to be able to accommodate program growth. More than 33,000 New Mexicans are qualified to participate in the state's medical cannabis program, which is administered by the Department of Health. Patients are certified by a medical practitioner to have one of 21 serious medical conditions and must register with the DOH in order to become a qualified patient. The Drug Policy Alliance, the nation's leading proponent of drug policy reform, has released a plan to address increasing rates of opioid use and overdose, now the leading cause of accidental death in the United States. That's crazy. The plan marks a radical departure from punitive responses that characterize much of U.S. drug policy and instead of focusing, instead focuses on scientifically proven harm reduction and public health interventions that can improve treatment outcomes and reduce the negative consequences of opioid misuse, such as transmission of infectious diseases and overdose. Whoa. More than HIV. Wow. Right, that's crazy. And, uh, Jesus. Well, so the question is, I guess what they're saying is that if you're coming off if you have opioid addiction, that cannabis helps. But then people go, well, cannabis is a drug too, so you're just switching one drug for another, you druggie. Yeah, well, that's, you remember uh, marijuana is supposed to be the gateway. Right, it's the gateway, except that it's the gateway to health. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially, uh, opioids is a serious problem that um, yeah, overdoses this, are. It's the new crack. Uh, here's another one, same thing. New Mexico really fucked everybody the other day. New Mexico overdose prevention bill vetoed by governor. Jesus. Like, oh yeah, yeah, screw those, screw, screw the New Mexicans. Is it because they're, I mean, are they? More New Mexicans die from unintended drug use overdose than in a motor vehicle crash, including alcohol-involved motor vehicle crashes. Wow. So Jesus. more than like DUIs and all this stuff, it's, it's opioid... Overdoses in New Mexico are like Didn't hot they just ticket. Ha- they just they had a, they just finished a meth problem. Did they? <laughs> and and they, now they're and into opioids. opioids. Yeah. So they got rid of the meth, Sp- and then they just they speed they sped on over to heroin. They yeah. just moved. They just changed sides. More New Mexicans die from unintended drug use overdose than in motor vehicle crashes, including alcohol-involved motor vehicle crashes. Santa Fe, New Mexico Governor Susana Martinez vetoed Senate Bill 47, the 911 Good Samaritan Overdose Prevention Bill. That's Whoa. awful. <gasps> she vetoed the 911 Good Samaritan Overdose Bill. Why? That's it. So that, for people that don't know what that means, it 
Let's say you're at a party and you're in high school and, oh my gosh, your parents don't know that you're there and you had eczema. Oh my God. And then somebody's dying of an overdose and you're like, I want to call 911. And they're like, don't call 911 because we did drugs too and now we're all going to get in trouble. And they're like, well, you know, we're all drinking and they're going to smell it on me. They're going to give us all deep breathalyzers and we're all going to get in trouble. You're all going to jail. And so uh, the Samaritan, good Samaritan 911 loss helps no one else gets in trouble. It saves people's <laughs> lives. It saves people's lives. So instead of like watching your friend die because you're worried about what your mom's going to think because you're 16, it gives you the out of like, okay, no one's going to jail because our friend made a mistake somewhere near us. And then we tried to save their life. Right. I mean, now you're, now you're going to be the victim because you, you, you're just calling the police. You're just right. calling 911. And now you're, you, now they're like, well, where, where'd they get the drugs? You're being Right, 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 right. And now you're in terror. Right, exactly. So what that, what the Good Samaritan law puts into place, I'm sure they'll go into it more in this article, but is that it, it takes everyone else out of the criminal aspect of someone is dying, the paramedics can come and they're not going to arrest anybody for drug use. Right. Cause that, I mean, why would you, uh, well, cause that's the whole thing. It's like, are there bigger fish to fry? Like, do the, do the police want to go and arrest a bunch of kids? Like, is that, is that good? Is that going to teach them a lesson or what, what, I don't know what we say. I think that the women that came from the ABC the other day, I think that they thought they're doing a good job. They got them. They got those dirty hippies, those weird communists in the corner talking, giving away beer, not making any money, having art and stuff. We did it. We did it. We, we, I hope, I hope they sleep well at night. I know. That's what I said. So the 911 Good Samaritan overdose prevention bill, she vetoed, uh, sponsored, uh, or no, it said passed. Okay. So it passed the New, New Mexico state legislator with overwhelming supports and passing the house of representatives, representatives, 80, 58 to 5 and the Senate on unanimous vote of 33 to 0 and it was vetoed by the governor I, everyone said put these through and then she said no. no vetoing this bill is callous and cold hearted stated Emily Kaltenbach state director of the drug policy alliance without these needed protections people on probation and parole will continue to be afraid to call 911 if they witness drug or alcohol overdose as the result of a veto we will continue to see people being dropped off in hospital parking lots or left to die alone from an overdose Mm -hmm. Governor Martinez's action means more of our children parents or grandparents are likely to die from an accidental overdose more new mexicans die from unintentional drug overdose more than motor vehicle crash including alcohol involved motor vehicle crashes which is crazy new mexico was the first state to pass a 911 good samaritan law in 2007 the law was signed to protect people who seek help for a friend or family member who is experiencing a drug overdose and call 911 20 other states have passed similar laws to address the overwhelming rates of drug related overdoses in their states people who are on probation and parole or who have a restraining order for example still fear arrest even in cases where they need medical assistance for a friend or family member since they are not protected under current law the provision protecting the violation of restraining order is already in two two states state laws georgia and vermont the provision protecting from parole violations is in five state laws new jersey vermont georgia minnesota and pennsylvania i noticed they don't say california the drug policy alliance the nation's leading proponent of drug policy reform has released a plan to address increasing rates of opioid use and overdose now the leading cause of accidental death in the united states uh that's this this is the same thing they had on the end and the last one so 
Hey, congratulations, New Mexico. You're our douchebag state of the week. Yay, douchebag, douchebag, douchebag. Hey, the governor of New Mexico. Hey. You're really fucking over your people. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. More dead people. Yay. That's uh, just, that is cold and callous. It really is. Yeah. The 911 Samaritan bill is important stuff. I, let's look up and see if California has this. Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, I'm afraid. I mean, I would be afraid of. Absolutely. And I do drugs. <laughs> I don't do heroin, though. Right. Well, now, and this is the thing, like, Years ago, years and years ago, when I was at a, I was in San Diego, I was at a party. I had a friend who, it was her 20th birthday party, and I, I was in my 30s, but she, we worked together, and she was young. Anyways, so I'm at her house, and there's this party, and the neighbors came and said, hey, you guys got to quiet down, and then they said, hey, you got to quiet down, or call the, we're going to call the police, and so I got the fuck out of there, and they were like, well, what's going on, and I'm like, I'm the oldest person here. <laughs> I'm at a 20 year old's birthday party. You guys all have beer. If the cops come, I'm getting you're, taken to jail. Yeah, you're going to be Because I am giving guy. alcohol to a minor. See, it keeps going back. I shouldn't tell these stories. On, I'm, like, they're going to. The, the uh, ABC is going to be like, we're going to listen to that AltaCast. We're going to find all the incriminating evidence against that crazy socialist woman. They're a bunch of terrorists. Uh, yeah, I know. California's 911 Good Samaritan law provides limited protection from arrest, charge, and prosecution for people who seek emergency medical assistance at the scene of a suspected drug overdose. Limited. Yeah, limited. So I guess that's the whole thing is it's like if you're on parole. Oh, look, and it's it's drug policy. It brought, brought me right back to Drug Policy Alliance. Of course it did because they are awesome. Uh, January 1st, 2013, California became the 10th state to implement a 911 Good Samaritan overdose fatality prevention law. There we go. It's likely that you know someone who has been affected by accidental overdose since it's the leading cause of accidental death in California. According to the California Department of Public Health, more than more Californians died from accidental overdose death in 2009 than from motor vehicle accidents. This is 2013 this came out. Correct? Right. So, but this is this is crazy stuff. This is I mean, this is 4 years ago. So, we've been and and we it was still the number one opioid overdoses are bigger than car accidents. That's crazy to me. I thought the driving drunk was like the biggest, craziest, everyone dies from the drunken right. driver. I mean, I guess we curbed it now because we've scared everybody with the money thing. But even like just going like the HIV thing. That's, right, that's a, right. That's, More than HIV, that's insane. Because uh, remember the, when that was the scariest? In the early 90s, yeah. yeah, yeah in the early was, 90s, yeah, exactly. So here's the what the law states, okay. This is California's 911 Good Samaritan Law. It shall not be a crime for any person who experiences a drug-related overdose as defined, who, in good faith, seeks medical assistance, or any other person who, in good faith, seeks medical assistance for the person experiencing a drug-related overdose, to be under the influence of or possess for personal use a controlled substance, controlled substance analog, or drug paraphernalia, under certain circumstances related to a drug-related overdose that prompted seeking medical assistance if that person does not obstruct medical or law enforcement personnel. <laughs> okay, let's, let's decipher this. Basically, if someone has a drug overdose for meth or something and I've got a meth pipe on me, it's okay. I'm not going to get in trouble. They're not going to charge me for having or being around the drugs. Right. So, but basically, it protects me if I'm high we we you, just we just smoked like let's just say we just shot we just shot a speedball and i'm high and i'm passing out and you're high but you're okay i'm okay and you see me starting to die 
it's legal for you to call 911. And even though you, when they get here, you're going to be as high as balls. You, they cannot arrest you. That's basically what, what it protects. It now, this whole other Let's, thing about felonies, that's, that's crazy. The law does not affect laws prohibiting the selling, providing, or giving or exchanging of drugs or laws against prohibiting the forcible administration of drugs against a person's will. The law does not affect the liability for any offense that involves activities made dangerous by the consumption of controlled substances, including but not limited to driving under the influence. The law also does not offer specific protections from arrest for related charges, such as violation of parole, parole or probation. Okay. So if you call someone... 911 and, and you're you on fel- parole or you have a felony or you have a felony you're screwed you're not protected under this so and get out that, of the and, house and then that uh, california does have the three strikes so there's Ooh. a lot of there's going to be a lot of felons right so <sighs> that are da- that are dark well and that's the thing though is that if you're a felon and you have a drug overdose you're screwed <laughs> right because then if you because if they come, you're not protected under the, under under the, law. the, under the law of yeah. the 911 thing. Because it's saying that a person, if they're overdosing, can call 911. But if you're a felon, then it doesn't you're protect you. So right. But also, if you're, but also if you're on parole, probably you're not supposed to be doing heroin. No. Right? Or no. speedballs. If, if you're on parole, that's one of the violations of your parole. If right? you're, if you're with someone that you don't know that is a heroin addict, but you're on parole... Don't hang out with heroin addicts if you're. I mean, I guess that's. But then that's sort of fascist. It's like, who can your friends be? What if you? What if you're living with your aunt and she happens to do heroin, and your mom's right. dead, and the only other person who's she, taking she you in? She moved on from oxy to heroin because yeah. it's cheaper. Right, that's it's cheaper. What a lot of people do. But you just got out of jail, and you have no one else to live with. But you can't leave San Francisco because you got charged in San Francisco. So you have to live in the most expensive city. So you have to live with your heroin addict. She's the only one. Right. Okay. So she's overdosing, and you call. You could go back. Because, <laughs> I mean, it depends. You need to. We need to lawyer up, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> lawyer up, everyone. Ain't that the it's truth. gonna be everything's gonna be okay. Okay, so that was uh, that, there's our drug policy alliance minute. Uh, let's go to Narl. This is um, this is the uh, they finally released something about uh, what a evil person uh, Gorsuch is. Right, because of the guy. Senate, the confirmation and all the. Uh, after the Senate voted to confirm the nomination of Judge Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, Ilse Hogue, president of Narl Process America, issued the following statement. Before we get to that, please remember from last week, my f- statement, which is that how dare we ever appoint a Supreme Court judge who's only 49 years old? That is insane. Oh, he's too young. Well, you remember the fact, well, they were, they were filibustering. Right, they were filibustering, yeah. yeah. And then they did the nuclear option, which they basically cheated. They said originally it was supposed to be 61 votes, and they narrowed it down to 51 votes <gasps> by the end of, I believe, Thursday. So they decided you didn't need as many votes to be able to confirm. Yes. Oh, that just changed the rules on us. Yeah. Oh, so if they're not winning at the game where they made the rules, they changed the rules yeah. so they can keep winning. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this is what <laughs> President of NARL uh, issued. In short order, the Gorsuch Court will rule on many issues that affect the daily lives of women, families, and working people in this country. Every single senator who voted to confirm this judge will own all of those decisions, and that's what they mean for our const- uh, and what they mean for our constitutional rights in this country. When President 45's nominee could not meet the 60-vote threshold that has been used for more than 
200 years, Mm -hmm. Senate Republicans made the choice to ram him through anyway by changing the rules instead of changing their unpopular nominee. Yep. Senate Republicans did this despite the fact that Neil, that Judge Gorsuch failed to demonstrate that he can represent the experience of all Americans while he serves on the Supreme Court. He is the most far-right Supreme Court nominee in a, in a generation, handpicked by 45 to help fulfill his campaign promise of overturning Roe v. Wade, increasing the power of dark money in our elections, and ensuring powerful businesses can trample the rights of American workers and their families. By marching in lockstep with 45 and his dangerous agenda, Senate Republicans showed their true colors, a fact that Americans won't soon forget. Narl, Pro-Choice America, led the People's Defense Campaign, a massive grassroots effort to defeat, defeat Judge Neil Gorsuch's nomination to the Supreme Court. Joining the campaign are Indivisible, American Federation of Teachers, Center for American Progress Action Fund, Credo Action, Demos, Emily's List, and Citizens United, Every Voice, MoveOn.org, Civic Action, Oh, MoveOn.org Civic Action, People for the American Way, Planned Parenthood, Progressive Change and Campaign Committees, Service, Employee International Union, Stand Up America, and the Working Families Party. Well, yeah, so just like they, just what they cheated. usually do. It's In 200 years, it's been that way for 200 years, and all of a sudden, Mitch McConnell, McConnell, Turtle Face, uh, just decided to switch the rules right and here's another one about the (laughs) rules memo on a rules change it's the republicans decision alone uh as senators barrel towards oh so this is this was what came up right before they they uh can um what's it called they filibustered but after the filibuster when they confirmed as senators barrel toward the most contentious debate of the 45 administration it's clear republicans face a historic choice find the courage of their convictions and respect the institution of the senate or blow up on a straight party line vote for 45 a president under active fbi investigation for potential ties to russia Let's be clear. The decision to blow up the Senate is squarely in the hands of Republicans and Republicans alone, and it will only be Republican votes to change the rules. Democrats have carefully examined, and so this is what happened before they nominated, but Democrats have carefully examined the record of Neil Gorsuch, and the reality of his worldview is disturbing. His cruel record of siding with corporations over the basic rights of women, workers, and LGBTQ LGBTQ Americans is troubling. Any senator who claims to stand on the side of working families and basic constitutional freedoms should not be voting to advance this nominee. Neil Gorsuch has an opportunity to clear up any outstanding questions during his hearings, but provided senators with nothing but evasive responses to their legitimate questions. Democrats are exercising their right to object to this nominee. Republicans can right this process by prompting President 45 to nominate a more mainstream candidate, someone who can earn the 60 votes traditionally required to become a Supreme Court justice. But that's in a reasonable world. And in a reasonable world is not the world Republicans live in. Instead, they want to change the rules in the middle of the game, despite the fact their constituents overwhelmingly oppose this tactic. Seven in ten Americans strongly object to any GOP attempts to use political tactics to strong-arm 45's nominee through the confirmation process. They want to change the rules the way they changed them for Merrick Garland, blocking his nomination altogether. No one is forcing them to go nuclear. The choice is to do so, and theirs alone. Importantly, let's remember how we got here. Over the last ten years, Republicans have intentionally poured millions of dollars into making this 
political process as messed up as possible. Republican betrayal of a senator's constitutional duty with this rule change is the natural conclusion of this strategy. Democrats are playing by the rules and not backing down. That's a good thing. But Senate Democrats have good reason to move forward with a filibuster, blah, 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 so we know what happened. That's what the CNN said. And it just goes on and it's just sad, 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 sad. Is sad. it time for us to be dirty? I don't know. That's the thing is we don't get to. It's the same thing when I feel like, you know, when you feel like attacked by people and they're doing nasty things, but you can't like, you can't, but you can't hit them in the face because then they're going to go to the cops and then, and then I get arrested for, you know, um, assault, assault, right. So it's like, how do we fight back? We can't literally fight because we're all going to get assault charges. (laughs) Like we can't fight because they keep changing the rules on us. You know, cheating. We can't fight. They definitely won't let us fight drunk. That's for sure. <laughs> not cool with that. Well, they don't want me having a beer. They don't, just yeah. don't like it. <sighs> like it's going to be so much less fun to run an open mic here if I can't have a beer. We might have. Well, I, I really. Uh, I just, mean, seriously. It's like feels kind of like an invasion in privacy. A kind of. I mean, I, I, Cry Me a River's playing now. Great. That's, this is the perfect <laughs> thing to have behind it. As, we, as we're done with the news here. Gnarl. Ugh. Every day just gets uglier. Every day. Fuglier, just, excuse me. Um, it, you know, and it, when if Roe v. Wade is overturned by this Neil Gorsuch stuff, what do we say? Do we go... Oh, the rule gets I mean, I think it's really hard to overturn something like that. Just like you can't overturn the Thirteenth Amendment, you would have to. It it would have to be a long, tedious process. I don't. I don't think that dealing with any of our civil liberties, it, they <laughs> seem to get rid of those with with post haste. Yeah. I'll do it. Well, I mean, I can see, I mean, I guess it can't be that hard seeing as they overturned the voters, the Voting Rights Act, too, of 1965, so. The Voting Rights Act of 1965? Yeah, that got overturned, uh, I believe, in 2013 because uh, too many uh, people of uh, color and women were voting the, the way that they should have been voting and Republicans got scared about that and so they got used the scare tactic then this is where the voter rights or the voter ID things started trying to take place because they know a lot of disenfranchised people do not have IDs or an elderly as well why would they overturn it that doesn't make any sense you, you think like because that, the Biden- Voting Rights Act of 1965 is a landmark piece of federal legislation in the United States that prohibits racial discrimination on voting. It was signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson during the height of the civil rights movement on August 6, 1965, and Congress later amended the act to expand five times expand its protections designed to enforce the voting rights guarantees of the 14th and 15th amendment to the United States Constitution the act secured voting rights for racial minorities throughout the country especially in the south blah 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 but then why Overturn it. It doesn't make sense. Hey Pam, th- this gentleman wanted to yeah. st- make a statement. No, he's 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 Trump rabies. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to come in and and talk about the Voting Rights Act, you can. Voting Rights Act. He's been begging. Overturn Voting Rights Act. Supreme Court invalidates key part of Voting Rights Act. This was in 2013. 13. Yeah. And there's 
a black guy talking. Um, the Supreme <laughs> Court effectively struck down the heart of the Voting Rights Act with a 5-4 to four vote freeing nine states, mostly the South, to change their election laws without advance federal... Oh, okay, so they, they were changing... They can change their election laws by the state right. without federal... States' rights. States' rights. Uh, the court divided along ideological lines with the two... Well, and now we know where Garcetts will stand on things like that. Yeah. Our country has changed. Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. wrote of the majority, while any racial discrimination in voting is too much, Congress must ensure that the legislation it passes to remedy that problem speaks to current conditions. He's saying that there's no racial prejudice. And this is in 2000, basically. Things have changed since 1965. There is no racial disparities. Right. So why do we need this act? So we don't need the Oh, and by the way, Clarence Uncle Tom Thomas uh, voted for that shit, too. No. Yeah. See? Wow. Uh, president Obama, whose election as the first nation's first black president was cited by critics of the law, evidence it was no longer needed, said he was deeply disappointed by the ruling. <laughs> yeah. Duh. And, and by the way, this is in 2013, so this is when he won for his second term in 2012. Right. They wow. just they just are like oh no not again we've got yeah, to do so, something about this so the five and and this is when Scalia was still alive funny okay uh, so the five that voted for were Uncle Tom Thomas yep bitch. and and de- dead uh, dead abortion and baby bloody dead abortion baby Scalia. Scalia yay may he burn in hell Alito Roberts and Kennedy and funny all the ladies voted against it. Ruth and Sotomayor. Oh, someone must have changed the the microphones. Which one are you? You have to choose. You can't just not talk into a microphone. You have to. Which one that works? That that one works. Yeah, Yeah. that one. There you go. That one. Uh, So that's crazy to me that they. Yeah. It's the fruits of Nixon's Southern strategy. One of the first pro post 1960s euphemisms for racism's the way we like it. Sexism's here to stay. And we're going to deny you every right we want to deny you. This is 45 years of using this us and them strategy to pack the Supreme Court and Congress and state houses and state legislatures with people who are at minimum crypto racist, crypto sexist. And Uh, and mostly corporate. (laughs) The corporate is not as immovable a problem because money moves corporations. Even sexists in corporations can be bribed to be less sexist in their operation of their companies if profit motive, such as boycotting, is threatened. This is great. Gorsuch will make liberals miss Scalia. (laughs) Scalia, unlike Gorsuch, came from a humbler era for judicious conservatives. Uh, originalism is having a moment, although it's been referred to slightly different ideas in various points in the past. Originalism refers to the idea that the only proper way to interpret the U.S. Constitution is to examine what its words meant at the time they were ratified, actually, which is ridiculous. Actually, Gorsuch has a fascinating personal definition of originalism. It is to take original texts by other authors and pass them off as himself. So, oh, that's, but that's called that's called plagiarism. Well, he's also in receipt of stolen property. This seat was stolen uh, from Obama's nominee. So we can. Right. We why didn't he get to? Why didn't he get to appoint someone like um, in December? Um, well, because they uh, the Republican Party was um, they didn't want to have a hearing. 
and oh, were they on vacation or something? No, no, they just didn't want to have a hearing. But this is this is again, this is when again we Democrats got really cocky. We should because everyone thought that Hillary was a shoe in, right? And so thinking that she was going to be able to appoint the Supreme Court of Justice, well, now flash forward, we weren't too worried. Yeah, um, but also. I think we have a, have to take a little bit of responsibility of the fact that we should have been able to force that hearing for yeah, we should um, have uh, pushed it. Merrick Garland, the late uh, Antonin, the late Justice Antonin Scalia was originalism's most famous evangelist. Neil Gorsuch, the man 45, named to replace Scalia, is also an avowed originalist. Uh, indeed, Gorsuch presents himself as something of a Scalia fanboy. In 2016 lecture, Gorsuch spoke about how he couldn't see the rest of the way down the mountain for the tears after he learned of Scalia's death while skiing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish you would have Sonny Bono'd it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I couldn't. Well, it's, but Gorsuch is skiing, and he says, I couldn't see the rest of the mountain down because of the tears. <laughs> when he learned of his death while skiing. You... Sounds like fucking rich, pretentious <laughs> pile of shit. You can afford to ski, Neil Gorsuch? It's like $104 a day at Squaw. How much money do you have? Were you getting bribes from your corporate friends that you represent? And I'm just mad. As this we learned last yeah. week about the freezing that cold trucker. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just Skiing. mad this motherfucker is, uh, I couldn't see. I, couldn't see. see. <laughs> I almost hit a tree because of the tears. Oh, almost doesn't count. <laughs> I, I mean, I still, I do my joke. I, every time I have a period, I, I think I'm aborting the ghost of Scalia, and I just love it. It just gives me a, just a happy little moment, a shiver of happiness. I'm not pregnant, and he's still dead. During a White House ceremony on Monday where Gorsuch took the oath of office, he said that he will never forget the seat I inherit today is that of a very, very great man. He meant Scalia, not Merrick Garland. Right, exactly. Yet for all of Gorsuch's performative worship of Justice Scalia, Gorsuch records suggest he takes a very different approach to the law than his judicial predecessor although Scalia and Gorsuch both identify as originalists they came to the they came of age during very different times of the evolution of American law there have been three great waves of originalist thinking in the last century the first led by Justice Hugo Black was a liberal wave that washed away decisions imposing a libertarian economic model on the workplace while also invigorating the Bill of Rights. The second, led by Scalia, was a conservative wave seeking to wash away decisions such as Roe v. Wade, which Scalia and his allies viewed as too aggressively activist. Gorsuch belongs to a third wave, which is both far more at peace with judicial power than Scalia and far more skeptical of democracy. Scalia, at least for most of his time on the bench, envisioned originalism as a force of judicial restraint. Gorsuch, by contrast, is far more likely to wield it to sweep away liberal reforms and to siphon power away from the two elected branches of government. He will make Scalia look like a moderate. So scary. Ruth, don't die. Difficult to do. It's a so difficult scary. bar to set, Pam. That's yeah. really pretty rough for poor Gorsuch. He is such a full field of possibilities to be abominable and deplorable and continue his immoral and unethical behavior. Why set the bar so high? He can be one of the worst crimes committed in Supreme Court appointment in American history and still be far better than Scalia. It's it's unclear it's, it's where Gorsuch very tough on him. It's, it's unfair. Un, it's unclear where Gorsuch stands on child labor. <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure he thinks that wages need to be appropriate. And, you know, since the children are absolutely slaves, he probably feels child labor should be called child internships. Child internships, And and typically be unpaid until they've had at least 18 years of being exploited through slavery to justify the value of their labor to capital. It's a... This is scary for me. Nearly 40 40 years later, Justice Scalia joined the cart. Like black, Scalia was profoundly frustrated with the state of American legal proceedings. Unlike black, however, Scalia's frustrations were directed at decisions protecting women's reproductive choice, among other things, than the decisions placing extra constitutional limits on the workplace regulations. Uh, I want to see what why why there's this quote they pulled out where it says it's unclear where Gorsuch stands on child labor. I'm like, what do you mean? I just threw that in there. Like, what what are you talking? Um, so while Gorsuch certainly shares Scalia's view of Roe v. Wade and many other decisions that affirmatively moved the law in a liberal direction, he lacks Scalia's instinct for restraint. Though in fairness, Scalia himself sometimes departed from his own stated principles, especially near the end of his life. Originalism. Uh, I want to see them just they said he's going to be the worst thing ever and I'm like what do you think he's going to do besides Ruth Bader Ginsburg don't die I, I know what happens if we, there's another like super like crazy Christian that's like we're striking no more no more of this evolution nonsense in the schools we're back to the, the earth is 4,000 years old Kennedy is in worse health than Ginsburg okay. oh okay and she is currently cancer free oh he, good he has been living with, with cancer. Yes. Okay. Now, Kennedy, uh, Breyer is also in poor health. He's a Clinton appointee. Okay. He has been on the longest of any of the current liberal appointees. So there's a relative Republican moderate who's in very poor health and elderly, as well as RBG who's in poor health and elderly. And Breyer's no being chicken and his health ain't great either. Oh, shit. And the four of them... Uh, the five of them, including Kagan and uh, Sotomayor, abandoned America on March 17th. Uh, they really owed us oral arguments on the motion nullify the election. They declined to ask for oral arguments. So really, things were much worse than I was ever willing to be afraid of before Donald Trump's election. Uh, when you mentioned earlier, why didn't Obama appoint him in December? The Supreme Court limited the ability of a president to do appointments while Congress was at a session, which are called uh, interim appointments, to one year. So he could have appointed Garland in December until December of 2017. Oh, wow. Well, I, I don't understand why if they didn't, why, why we just let this happen. One thing that Justices Black, Scalia, and Thomas, and Gorsuch all have in common is that they have have or had profound disagreements with long-standing precedent. The thing that sets them apart is how much they want to change the law, not how much they hope to stabilize it. Yeah, I don't like people changing things. I mean, unless it's changing it for the better, or, I mean, but removing the... I'm, I'm just sorry. It's just the way that he got in really just fucking disturbs me. It's really disturbing. It's, it's just like they changed the rules at the last minute. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, but I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. It's the Republican Party, so. It seems as if they're engaged deliberately in acts which are undermining people's faith and in our institutions for that reason. 
this is a very very loaded part of the conversation but the goal seems to be to encourage lawlessness and chaos and that's what President Bannon want. <laughs> but it, it doesn't make any sense because they keep in, in front, like, I, 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 I know it's not, it has nothing to do with one another, but like, I, maybe the ABC is part of some kind of crazy conspiracy theory to, to shut down bastions of free speech because the government doesn't like us having the First Amendment. Like, we... They don't like us talking about. They want us just to all be dumb and go along with it and be like, "Oh, Nobody there's a guy you. who got he got elected to the Supreme Court." Yeah, okay, whatever. Who is he? Nobody oh, likes you having the First Amendment anymore. Are you kidding me? And then I don't understand. We're still we're still worried about. Well, the whole the whole healthcare situation is a huge problem. But then reproductive health is a huge part of women's healthcare. Like. Or just women's health in general. It, like, it yeah, we've got these weird baby-making parts, and they're expensive and hard to take care of. And and it doesn't have to have to have anything to do with abortion. That's no, it's the, the baby-making parts. It's, it's like you and mammograms. Right, exactly. You know. I need to get one of those. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, so, are we ready for hot, dirty pee? And <laughs> and are you ready for the Ben Carson quotes of the day? Yeah, let's should we, bit, should, do we. Do you want to? Do you want to? Should we talk about him for a second before yeah, we get into it, just to make it? A little, uh, for those a little who don't know, background. so last last week we did a we read a plot synopsis of, of Uncle Tom and uh, tried to <laughs> Uncle understand Tom's Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe, kind of trying to understand, um, you know, what's going on right now with people like Clarence Thomas and Ben Carson and that are having this weird white party line and what what what's going on? So I've looked up the quotes. Ben Carson's 15 most controversial quotes. The first one I find very, very interesting on his history of violence. Uh, he had he he grew up, you know, not, not yeah, not too well off. No. I was trying to kill somebody. Carson told a San Francisco audience in September. He wrote in his 1990 best-selling autobiography, Gifted Hands: The Ben Carson Story, in recounting an incident when an adolescent he tried, uh, when an adolescent he tried to stab a friend. <laughs> Grabbing the camping knife I carried in my back pocket, I snapped it open and lunged for the boy who had been my friend. With all the power of my young muscles, I thrust the knife toward his belly. The knife hit his big, heavy ROTC buckle with such force that the blade snapped and dropped to the ground. He used this story to share his personal journey from troubled youth to a highly successful surgeon. Those are gifted hands. Yeah, gifted hands. He was cutting them up early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Well, Carson responded defensively on Thursday in a CNN reporter's question about identifying his victims. Well, why would you be able to find them? And what makes you think you would be able to find them? Unless I tell you who they are. And if they came forward on their own because of your story, or, and if they come forward on their own because of your story, that's fine, but I'm not going to expose them. He told a reporter at a Miami book signing of his latest work. This ben is great. Carson cut me. I don't. No one came forward. So. On it's Joseph, time. I have. To, I can't live with this secret any longer. Uh, yeah, I mean, come out with it. On on Joseph and the pyramids. My own personal <laughs> theory is that Joseph built the pyramids to store grain. Oh yeah, this now, was a funny one. All the archaeologists think they were made for the pharaoh's graves, but you know, it would have to be something awfully big if you stop and think about it. <laughs> and I don't think it'd just disappear over the course of time to store that much grain. 
he told students according to the video post. Jesus Christ. Carson defended his beliefs on Thursday telling reporters in Miami that some people believe in the Bible like I do and I don't find that to be silly at all and believe that God created the earth and I don't find that to be silly at all. I, may I speak up in Mr. Carson's defense for one moment? Mm -hmm. We all have to realize he is a victim because he was homeschooled by Betsy Davos. So you can't really expect him to have a grasp of anything beyond a knife. Uh, Eric was helping with the knife play, not, not Betsy. So really, um, he's an unfortunate victim of Betsy Davos's early educational activism. The secular progressives try to ridicule it any time it comes up, and they're welcome to do that, he added. He loves these. You're a sexual, sexual, sex, secular progressive. The secular progressives are <laughs> calling us progressives. That's great. Uh, this is cute. This is uh, on Cuban immigration policies. Uh, let's see. What is it? It's the you're going to have to explain exactly what you mean by that, Carson said, of the wet foot, dry foot equation. I have to admit that I don't know a great deal about that, and I don't really like to comment until I've had my chance to study the issue from both sides. When a reporter explained it to him, Carson said that it sounded perfectly reasonable. Asked whether he had any further comment on Thursday in Miami, Carson said he wanted to do an in-depth deep dive into the issue because, see, it doesn't make sense to me, quite, quite frankly, the whole wet foot, dry foot thing doesn't make sense to me because, like I said, you catch them a mile off, you treat them differently than if they're on the shore. And I also recognize that many people have taken advantage of that and, you know, gotten all kinds of benefits that they don't deserve, he said. And there are other people who perhaps get denied things they should have. You know, you need to dive into those things deeply, and I'm not sure that the wet foot, dry foot is where the emphasis should be. The emphasis should be on people who are trying to escape an oppressive regime. How do we make sure people are not people are people not appropriately doing it aren't taking advantage of our generosity i'm not going to do that in that's too confusing for us to do in the rap no. uh on bathrooms for transgender people how about we have transgender bathrooms carson asked fusion anchor george ramos jorge ramos in a thursday interview adding it's not fair for them to make everybody else uncomfortable now, the interesting thing about that is it's not ignorance of history, but of fact. We do have transgendered bathrooms for our entire lifetimes called unisex That's bathrooms. Right, unisex, right, right. How about we have transgender bathrooms? It's not fair to them to make everybody else uncomfortable. Carson went on to say that everybody has equal rights, but I'm not sure anybody should have extra rights. Extra rights when it comes to redefining everything for everybody else and imposing your view on everybody else. God. Human rights campaign denounced the remarks. Ben Carson can't go a week without invoking reckless and irresponsible <laughs> stereotypes about the LGBT community. And his suggestion that transgender people be required to use segregated bathrooms echoes an ugly past our country should never revisit. Uh, he would know. Segregated uh, bathrooms, segregated, yeah. Remember the segregated seats and the segregated water fountains and the segregated all that? And you probably couldn't have been able to go to uh, med school. Right, segregated schools, all the stupid ass. Separate but equal, Plessy versus Ferguson, right? Yep. Uh, on the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> the current members of Congress have a combined eight 
8,700 years of political experience. Are we sure political experience is what we need? Every signer of the Declaration of Independence had no federal elective office experience, he wrote. And what they had was a deep belief that freedom is a gift from God. And they had determination to rise up against a tyrannical king. Amen. And, and they were willing to risk all they had, even their lives, to be free. Praise Trump. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't know about that quote. Yeah, touche for Pinocchios. What do you give? What do you give credit for intent? I don't know what the Pinocchio was about. Lying, oh, nose growing. Right, historic document. Uh, okay, that I don't know. That's uh, on. This I like this on Americans who are stupid. <laughs> on Tuesday, Mother jo- Jones surfaced a video from last November in which Carson addressed an audience at Richard Nixon's presidential library in California, remarking that American people are not as stupid as the media thinks they are. Many of them are stupid. Okay, but I'm talking about overall, he said. Asked to explain his remarks on CNN on Friday, Carson said he was referring to Americans who take the disadvantaged people in our country and say, you poor little thing, I'm going to give you everything that you possibly need. That's not helping those people. And all that you have to do is look what happened since the great society programs of Lyndon Johnson. We've spent 19, million, 19 trillion and we have 10 times more people on food stamps, more people in poverty, more broken homes, out of wedlock births, crime, incarceration. Everything is not only worse, it's much worse. You'd have to be kind of stupid to look at that and not realize that's the failure. And we have to say, uh, and to say we just didn't do enough of it. That's what I call stupid. Um, um uh, I, I just I have to stop you right there. Yeah, that's a good one. I just I, I, I have to stop because it's really making me irritated, especially <laughs> the fact of where he came from and I believe he came from a single parent home. Yes. Right, well, this and, is why and, we're and calling the, we're calling him the Uncle Tom of the Week. Yeah. It's just it, that's what that's that's what's that's what's enraging me more. Right. It's just the hypocrisy and of yeah. like the forgetting of where you came from that this is why I don't like Uncle Tom's. Right. It just, it, you just make no sense to me. Right. Well, he's against his own people. Well, that's the thing is that people, <laughs> people revile food stamps or whatever. And if I didn't have my food stamps, I couldn't live in this city. I can't live in the city without them. And because this is my full-time job working at Mutiny Radio. And I think it's important. And I think if I'm not going to do it, nobody else is. And I really think it's an important endeavor and therefore I'm willing to like have this be my job, but it's kind of impossible to make money off of it. Right. (laughs) So, and also to, um, so I have to be on food stamps. It's an artist stipend jerks. He, he also came from public housing. So (laughs) it just, it, I, 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 it, it all comes down to it all comes down to what is labor and what is real. I had a conversation with a woman the other night who's a mom, and she was so astounded because I said she's a stay-at-home mom, and I was like, "You are the most subjugated adult. You have no. I'm like you're a slave. You have you're working really hard, and you're doing a great job raising your son. Here he is. I'm meeting. He's two and a half. He's a lovely little human being, and you look like you're a great mom, but you're not getting any social security." Your job is not valued at all. It's not valued by minimum wage. It's not valued by social security. There's no there's no safety. You are working every day really hard for free. And hopefully your husband doesn't beat you or hopefully he's not going to leave you for another woman who's younger and thinner and can produce more babies. And hopefully he's going to, you know, but that's the thing is it doesn't give you your own autonomy right? because you as a woman and the labor and the work that you do is not monetized in our society. And it's 2017 and I can be someone's nanny 
but I can't have my own kid because I can't afford to. Because I could, I mean, I guess I could have my own kid and I could nanny someone else's kid and bring my own kid at the same time, but I don't know if they'd take kindly to that. I don't know how that works. You, you know, they wouldn't probably fall for no, that they bullshit. Wouldn't, they wouldn't fall for that bullshit. Yeah. Because I'm not paying as much attention to their child because I'm, anyways, who knows? Right. But the point is that societies run a lot of it on raising children <laughs> and yet we don't pay our teachers a livable wage and they're the ones raising the children and then but the I children agree. are just consumers their value is in how much they can consume not how much they can add not how much that they can help the community grow it's on how much they can take away from the community so people can make more money children I just even, don't get it children aren't even as investments of the future anymore because of well let's talk about and what the are public, they worth the, now? The education system. It isn't. It isn't that they're that we're 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 putting money into them for the future. We want their money now. We want right. them to buy cereal straws. We want them to have iPhones. We want them to break iPhones. We want them to dump them into the toilet. We want them to get a new iPhone every week because they're so stupid that they dump it in the toilet and then they just get a new one because their mom and paid for the insurance and who cares? And who cares that there's eight Chinese baby souls inside every single and touch you're not even phone. talking about nine in the next version of iPhone. Nine they're nine upgrading. Dead babies. They're upgrading. Nine dead Chinese babies in every new iPhone. But the thing is, you're not even talking about like the the, the teenage demographic. You're talking about like six, seven year olds. Yeah. I, and the thing is, like, because there is a teenage market and there, there's an adolescent market, but now the market for consumption now it's went went to like toddlers and yeah, toddlers. And, and, mm-hmm. and not even preteens. They, they, <laughs> they, Customer um, for life. Get them while they're young. Absolutely. Yeah. And kids. Um, they can recognize the McDonald's arches at 18 months. Children recognize what that... It's like one of the first symbols that children understand because it's so ubiquitous in our, in our whole society. It's everywhere. It's in commercials. It's those golden arches, those golden arches of diabetes. I think that the golden arches actually like represent what your stomach looks like eventually, sort of turn sideways with the... McDonald's just announced this week, and this is not a joke. I'm not making it up. That next week they are going to begin selling real beef. Their words, real beef in their burgers. Uh, They're going to begin. This was a corporate announcement. Wow. Not joking. Dude, I'm going to look this at McDonald's real beef. That's sad if people all this time thought that shit was real. I mean, come on. What is it? Is it because it's only 80% cow and the rest of it's like weird tissues? Well, I'm not even necessarily sure that all of it is animal tissue of any kind, Whoa. meaning there could be perfectly non-toxic oh, filler that isn't plastic go. beads or anything. They say fresh beef. Yes. Uh, McDonald's announced Thursday that it would use fresh beef instead of frozen patties and quarter pounder burgers for most of its restaurants by mid-2018, the latest step in the company's efforts to overhaul its menu and image. The change, which is intended to improve improved taste would not only carry nutritional benefits but would mean burgers are prepared as customers order them and served off the grill beef patties oh my god like in and out beef patties (laughs) for the company's signature Big Macs and other cheeseburger will continue to be frozen prepared ahead of time and kept warm oh god I I started feeling a little bit nauseous just even reading it It, they're finally going to have fresh beef several of the company's competitors including fast casual burger chains like Shake Shack In-N-Out and Five Guys do not freeze their patties. Wendy's which also uses fresh beef took a shot as its fast food rivals on its Twitter accounts which (laughs) tends to be livelier than more traditional corporate communications. 
They took a shot at Mickey D's. Yeah, they said, so McDonald's said, today we've announced that by mid-2018, all Quarter Pounder burgers at the majority of our restaurants will be cooked with fresh beef. And Wendy said, McDonald's, so you still use frozen beef at most of your burgers at all of your restaurants? Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) They're funny. Ew, I mean... (sighs) Why can't Wendy's Twitter criticize Donald Trump? We need Wendy's Twitter to replace the mainstream media. Why not? I mean, any corporation... I mean, I bet they get... So this was the cheekiest ad I saw recently. C's Candy has two... It says C's at the top. And there's two foil bunnies. And one of them has no tail. And he says in a bubble above him, my butt hurts. And the next bunny has no ears. And he says, what? Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, seize candy. You go. You're hilarious. Seize. My butt hurts. What? <laughs> they have no butt and no ears. And it's a chocolate bunny. Because someone I, ate the ears and the ass. I think it's so funny. Chocolate ass. I think it's funny, cheese candy. You're you're cheeky. Oh, it's because of Easter. You know that. Easter's that, like, that, yeah. That, well, it's Passover that, right now. Yeah, it's but, Passover. Yeah, but Easter's on Sunday. Oh, speaking of Passover, um, the change a little bit of subject. Did you hear what uh, Sean Spicer said? Oh yeah, about the Holocaust centers. <laughs> oh, this was great. Yeah, he Sean, might he Sean might have to be. deliberately did this so we wouldn't talk about Russia. He deliberately did this on Passover so there'd be no Russia Trump discussion at the Seder table. I don't think he's that smart enough to be. No, this is, no, this is what they've yeah. been doing. Every time there is Russian talk, they actually. Well, trigger yeah. to distract us and make us fight with each other. How? And throw a little red meat to the uh, Nazis by Holocaust denial. <laughs> it's how Sean Spicer flubbed the Holocaust on Passover. <laughs> the White House spokesman argued the Nazis did not use chemical weapons to justify Stupid. airstrikes. At Syria. So he's like, yeah, the Hitler, that Assad is worse than Hitler because Hitler didn't gas yes. his own people. Psych. Psych. <laughs> he totally, he's a cyclone B, baby. Well, 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 he he gassed Jews. Jews aren't people People, in Mr. Sphincter's universe. I'm sorry, Sean Sphincter was his nickname in college. He hates being called Sean Sphincter. It was printed in two different editions of two different publications as his name on the masthead. Accidentally. So please don't call him Sean Sphincter either. Will do. But this was a distracting bait. The only useful thing to talk about is Russia. Because Spicer was fielding questions about Trump administration's confusing and diffuse strategy towards Syria when he asked why the White House believed that Russian President Vladimir Putin would break with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad at the moment. Russia question. Right. right. Russia question. You look. Uh, you look. We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You had someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. <laughs> Spicer said. Dumbass. I mean, it's insane because he it's used stupid. Cyclone B and he killed like four million people. Gas chambers. Yeah. yeah. And used- technically phosphorus is a chemical weapon. Just ask the hundreds of thousands of Japanese we burned to death long before Hiroshima. Oh. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Spicer. That's the other Sphincter. thing. Sphincter. Oh, I'm so sorry. As He's puzzled reporters and other observers immediately noted, Spicer's statement was deeply confusing. <laughs> Even if one could make a case, it was accurate in very narrow terms. The Nazi government did not release chemical weapons on the battlefield during World War II. This may be the point Spicer was trying to make, as Defense Secretary James Mattis used a similar line later on Tuesday afternoon. But... Amaranath Amaragisam wrote here last week the toxic agent Assad used last week in Ilidib sarin gas was discovered and then weaponized in Nazi Germany. Yep. Hitler decided not to use chemical weapons in combat, 
apparently in part because of the fears that Nazi use of chemical weapons would elicit much more destructive allied use and retaliation. Hitler nonetheless oversaw the most lethal use of chemical weapons in history. Nazis killed perhaps one million people, most of them Jews, using the poison gas Zyklon B. The Allied history with chemical weapons is not spotless. Winston Churchill considered but rejected a plan to use mustard gas as a defensive measure in the event of Nazi invasion. In 1943, a German air raid in Italy caused the release of mustard gas that was transported on Allied ships. Also for potential combat use, this incident was hushed up. A few minutes later in briefing, Spicer had a chance to clean up his statement. This is great about what he said. About yeah. I think when you, I think I when you come to sarin gas, Hitler was not using gas on his own people the same way Assad was. <laughs> Spicer started out heading down another rocky road. Some of the Jews who were killed would have been Germans who had been stripped of citizenship. Although it's unclear mm-hmm. why the use mm-hmm. against one's own citizens is more despicable. Seeming to realize his error, Spicer added, Hitler brought them to the Holocaust centers. I understand Holocaust that. centers. That was it. Holocaust centers. Like the one in D.C. No, yeah. like I've been there. Camps. It's a great museum. Holocaust, Holocaust centers. Holocaust. I had no idea Hitler did field trips from the concentration camps. Holocaust. Your show is so educational. It is. It's an educational. So story. educational. Did Hitler originate the idea of field trips in those concentration camp field trips, I mean, though. that's a good idea. That's a good Like crystal meth and, and sarin. Is this another Hitler invention, a gift to humanity from Hitler? Oh, Let's is Hitler, mess- Hitler made crystal meth? You didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that. That's amazing. Know. He liked speed. Oh, I knew he, he did addicted. speed, but I didn't yeah. know he made it. Hit- well, not that he personally, but his people. And isn't he I mean, part the people of- under, not his people like Germans, but the people under him like his, but how, his regime, his I people. heard that Hitler was part Jewish, though. No, his the, the reason he started hating the Jews so much was that his a, mother died under the when he was young, and she had been cared for by a Jewish doctor, and he was like a nine or something, and his mom died, and he always blamed that Jewish doctor for not doing enough. I thought it was because he was a failed artist, or didn't show up in time, or something happened, and he was really pissed at that doctor. Well, there, it, it's in it's if you read my comp or whatever, it's like it's in the beginning, like. He doesn't say, like, the reason I hate Jews is... But you kind of gather that he blames the Jews because of the b- what happened when he was a child. And it was, like, sort of PTSD situation. And and so he hated the Jews forever. Uh, we'll, we'll finish these quotes. This is crazy. When you come to sarin gas, Hitler was not using the gas of his own people the way Assad was. Okay, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Oh, here we go. Um... Here's the thing about the where we are. Holocaust centers. Hitler brought them into the Holocaust centers. I understand that. But I was saying in the way that Assad used them, where he dropped them down on in it. In a, into the middle of towns. It was brought, he almost said innocence, and then he didn't because Hitler totally killed innocent people. So he started it. But I was saying the way Assad used them, where he dropped them down to innocent into the middle of towns it was brought so the use of it I appreciate the clarification that was not the intent that too was fraught aside from the strange use of holocaust centers Spicer's abortive invocation of innocence and the non- was nonsensical as well following the briefing Spicer issued a statement I was no way in no way was I trying to lessen the horrendous nature of the holocaust however I was trying to draw a contrast in the tactic of using airplanes to drop chemical weapons on innocent people. Yet again, Spicer's choice of the words make little sense. Were Holocaust victims any less innocent for having been rounded up and interned before they were killed? Well, they were getting showers. (laughs) Indeed, Spicer... 
uh, then issued another statement changing the final phrase to using airplanes to drop chemical weapons on population centers. Spicer is not the first to make ill-advised comparison between Assad and Hitler. The author and television writer David Simon of Wire fame made a similar argument on Twitter last week. Processing sarin gas, Hitler wouldn't use it on soldiers even as his Reich fell. He'd been gassed in World War I. Assad has used it two times on civilians. Since we actually sent the Tomahawks, he's done two more gas attacks. Oh, we set, so we yeah. sent the Tomahawks. But uh, Putin was the one who ordered the gas attack. Assad is clearly being dominated by Putin. So we have to ask, quo, quo vadi, who profits? Uh, if Putin profits from this gas attack, how? Their tomahawks, or standoff missiles, debuted in 2015. Ours are 35 years old. They're a preeminent battlefield weapon because they can strike from 1,000 miles away. Something like 99% of the standoff missiles they fired in the, at the Syrian theater in 2015 didn't get to within a thousand yards of their target. Some of them fell in Iran. So how many of those 59 Tomahawks did not detonate but landed within territory controlled by Russians? How many detonated but yielded recoverable and perhaps reverse engineerable technology such as guidance systems? So you think that they... Absolutely. Really? Absolutely, 100%. How many of those missiles did not detonate? The Russians bragged that 23 didn't hit their targets, whatever that means. So, there are another do you think they're recovering? Because we sent the missiles, and then they're recovering those missiles and absolutely. using them. Absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt they but recovered then, it. We so did no, not so, send recovery So wait, here's, what, so what's your, here's what's happening, though. Is we've got the FBI is currently looking into our President 45's ties with Putin. Or pretending to, because Comey seems to be quintuple jointed. When I say pretending to, he's playing bad cop while working for Putin also, possibly, because he's done so many things that seem to aid Putin without any rationalization, such as the email fiasco. He's also mishandled the Trump thing, a much bigger issue. Uh, than the Hillary, Hillary emails could have possibly been. Yeah, because he said even uh, they were um, investigating uh, back in the summer of 2016, yes. but yes. you didn't hear anything about it compared yes. to come October yes. of 2016, where yes. he sent out that memo about something about her emails, but nothing came about. So likely, if I'm correct in suspecting Comey, he is simply building up personal credibility to say Trump is not guilty of collusion with the Russians eventually, hmm. or doctoring enough evidence to back that up, or maintaining the opportunity to switch sides again, as he's done several times since the election. He kissed Trump on the cheeks, like one of Hitler's henchmen on Inauguration Day when he saw him publicly for the first time, officially for the first time in person. He has been back and forth on Trump. He's accused Trump of impeachable offenses and then two weeks ago walked into the White House alone right after Danvin Nunes to get instruction. So his behavior, Comey, cannot be described as consistently objective. His behavior cannot be cons described as consistent except in playing bad cop to Trump's good cop employed by Putin. That's the only way you can explain the inconsistency of Comey. Well, you know who's in Russia today who's meeting with Putin is uh, Rex Tillerson, who... <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Secretary of State. Let, let, let's just be fair. Let's just call him Sex Tillerson because his evil is so magnetic. Anyone who's sexually turned on by money, and unfortunately in capital capitalism, too many of us are, will be, you know, uh, so Trump liberated to declare their love for uh, Secretary Tillerson of oil. I'm sorry, of state. Of oil. Yeah, right. so let's just call him Sex Tillerson from now on. Exxon. Well, Exxon Tillerson. You know, we use the, in the, you use oil and sex, I guess, sometimes. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, get to this uh, crazy, want to switch the three and the four there for me? Yep. And uh, we're going to get to our, um, this week's wrap of <laughs> Hot Dirty P and uh, the Sheriff. This, this week's this week's rap is uh, brought to you. This is this is uh, this week's rap is about Ben Carson, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uh, we've got some we've got some cushion money rap instrumental beat on the background. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see what happens. Ben Carson, Uncle Tom, today uh, with Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. We're here for you. Oh, is it not? I put it in the wrong one. Dang it. There it goes. Now it's going. I put it in the wrong one. Just like. There we go. Oh. Progressives think he's an Uncle Tom. Mm, Uncle Tom. I'm, I'm not sure I agree that there isn't a fair amount of racism here. Not too much racism. What? I said there's not, not too much racism. Ain't no racism, boss. There, there is, but not where you'd expect it to be. Nope. It's mostly with the progressive movement who will look at someone like me. NASA. And because of the color of my pigment, they decide there's a certain way that I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's boss. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle and they heap all kinds of hatred on you. I'm an Uncle Tom, and they eat all kinds of rape hatred on you. And to me, that is racism. What? Me balls? No. There's not as much as you'd where you'd expect it to be. There is, but not where you'd expect it to be. And they look at my pigment, and they decide there's a certain way I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And that, to me, is racism. 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 Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. What if on D-Days our soldiers invading the beaches at Normandy had sent their colleagues to be cut down, a hundred bodies laying in the sand, a thousand bodies laying in the sand? What if they had been frightened and turned back? Well, I guarantee you were frightened. I guaranteed you they were frightened, but they didn't turn back. They stepped over the bodies of their colleagues, knowing that in many cases they would never see the homeland of their loved ones again, and they stormed those Axis troops, and they stormed that beach, and they died. Why did they do that? They didn't do that for themselves. They did it for you, and they did it for me, and now it's our turn. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom, and they heap all kinds of hatred on you. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom with gifted hands. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. So that, to me, is racism. 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 Uh, Uncle Tom. 
I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nature, nation. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. Afghan was black. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I would certainly not agree with that. I forgot I was a nigga. <laughs> Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And if you know, if and you know, if there's somebody who's of any faith, but they say things and their life has been consistent with the things that will elevate this nation and make it possible for everybody to succeed and bring peace and harmony, oh, then I'm with them. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's slaves were tourists. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Slaves were tourists. Slaves were immigrants. Coming over on the boat, making this world a better place. Obamacare is worse than slavery. Uncle Tom said. I'm an Uncle Tom on the worst things since slavery. Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. I've never been whipped before. Never been whipped before. <laughs> All right, we did it again. <laughs> yes. We did it again. Our mixtape. Kush money. It's happening. Kush money. Our mixtape's coming out real it soon. Is. We're coming hot. It's, yeah. it's coming Just out. Just address them We're going to gonna get some other people th- next week, too. Th- this time, <laughs> I uh, specifically did it on a separate Amadeus so that I could just find it immediately easier. save it to where it goes yes. so I don't have to pull it out anymore <laughs> so, don't whip that thing out again Pam uh, this is Uncle Uncle, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom. Uh, it'll be interesting I, I was trying to listen to the other raps and I realized that my I kind of do the same thing every time but I kind of read and then I but I mean whatever we've but, got a style but I also say that Ben Carson he does not speak much volume <laughs> Period. (laughs) Not just like what he's saying, but I mean, like, even in interviews, it's just like, oh my God, this guy is so boring. Right. He's just like, he has no enthusiasm and he's always so tired. He's like um, droopy to me. He kind of reminds me of droopy or what's that Hanna Barbera dog? Beady dog? Yes. Thank you. That dude. But, I like but, Deputy but, Dog. But, but I, he's I have a coon. To defend him. Oh, he's a coon. Wow. Oh, he's a coon. Well, we'll see what happens with our. our That's coontastic. Uh, I actually have to pull out the la- the last week Kellyanne Conway. I never did it, so it's still just sitting in that. Yeah. I didn't put it in the new. You're pulling out of Kellyanne Conway. Well, we, well, we last did. week's rap was the Kellyanne Conway rap. Is this the Rhythm Method rap? Oh no! Oh no! It's uh, the alternative facts. Yeah, the alternative facts. It's alternative facts. Alternative facts. Um, she loves her alternative facts, but uh, yeah, I forgot to put it in a in a file or whatever. And well, we did we did a good job. We did. We did. Yeah, we got through it. We have a. It all started with. uh, It it all started with Susan Olson. It all started with Susan Olson because she's a Trump supporter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She is Cindy Brady. Cindy Brady herself is uh she's a supporter and so she got really mad at somebody and then said really great just off oh, you're a snake in the grass like calling him this guy a cunt and saying she had balls bigger than him it was just really really offensive so she lost her job and because she what worked was her like, job? she was a she was a radio yeah, dj yeah. And, and she was being super pro trump but and a lot of the um terrible memes and awful things my dad sends me because he's a republican uh, <laughs> are they like they're funny about they think that 
progressives just don't want to hear. They're like, they say that they say that we can't have free speech. Like, free speech only is okay if you're a liberal. But if you want to talk about Trump, then they don't believe in free speech anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I mean, he's like, oh. anyways, it's all these memes that are going around. It just sucks. Did he send you him. some more? Yeah, but I, I mean, I can, I can look in my, in my deletion and see. Um, what he sent me today. It's just, he, it's the fact that about it. See, the thing is, like, I like offensive stuff, but the problem is, when we talked about that last week, that it just wasn't funny. Right. It just, I'm like, dude. Oh no, today's dumb one he sent me was from um, Happy Trails to You. It was all help along, whatever. Uh, the price of things from the Roy Rogers Museum because it closed. And so they sold all the, the stuff. Like, this is, so, this is what my dad sends me today. It's like, oh, they sold his car for... Oh, darn. They sold all the things. And I'm like, was was Roy Ro- Roy Rogers was like that big of a deal, him and Trigger? That they- it takes him to a place when America was great. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, what I, is just, white I don't get that. What is white dude's fascination with Roy Rogers? I, my dad still has it. He says, the young guns may not understand the meaning of this, but you should. <laughs> the Roy Rogers Museum in Branson, Missouri has closed its doors forever. That's where I'm from, Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, the yeah. contents of the museum were sold at public auction. Roy Rogers told his son if the museum ever operates at a loss, close it and sell the contents. He complied. Note the following article is truly the end of an era. Here's a partial listing of some of the items that were sold at auction. Roy's 1963 Bonneville sold for $254,500. That's a sweet-ass ride. It was estimated to sell between $100,000 and $150,000. His script book from the January 14th, 1953 episode of This Is Your Life sold for $10,000. People got too much money to waste. A collection of signed baseballs, Pete Rose, Duke Schneider, and other greats sold for $37,500. Pete Rose? Really? Yeah. They can't even get in the Hall of Fame. Collection of signed bats, Yogi Berra. Enos Slaughter, Bob Feller, and others sold for $27,500. Trigger's saddle and bridle sold for $386,500. What you gonna do with that? What you gonna do with that? I mean, one of Roy's many shirts sold for $16,250, and one of his many cowboy hats sold for (laughs) $17,500. So they sold the, you know, whatever. This is what my dad sent me today. Thanks, Dad. Great. I mean, I guess it's I guess, fine. It's nice. It's it keeping was, me up It was part of his fine. childhood, I guess. You know? I guess. Yeah. Shall we do the thing where we read between the line of the news and tell yeah. us what, what we're really supposed to be thinking? We're going to look at Google News. Oh, by uh, the way. Should, should we start? Let's start with you. We got to we gotta RIP somebody. Oh, uh, oh Charlie, I know. Charlie Murphy died. What? Yeah. I was going to do Don Rickles. Rickles died last week. Charlie Murphy? Charlie Murphy? Yeah, he had leukemia. I didn't he know that. He did? Yeah. Charlie Murphy? Yeah, Charlie Murphy. Oh. So he's in heaven with Prince making pancakes. Oh, yeah. Professor Pancakes. <laughs> those aren't chocolate chips in those pancakes, though. <laughs> so. Oh, Lord. Yahoo News. Yeah, yeah. Yahoo News doesn't, you know, it starts with, it's funny. They don't, Garbage. They don't even start with real news. They start with an ad. So what we know is that Yahoo is owned by. AOL. AOL. There we go. <laughs> That's Trend, funny. Their trending news is that ABC confirms Shark Tank rumors are true. <gasps> You're going to talk about TV and say that that's real news? Shut up. Who, who fucking cares? But wait, wait. What's happening on Shark Tank, Pam? I don't care. You don't care. Trending now. I don't even know what some of these things are. Irina Shayek? Who's that? What's that? Irina Shayek. Irina Shayek. 
I don't know. S-H-A-Y-K. Number one trending right now. Don't know what that is. David Farenthold. Do we know who that is? I don't know who that is either. Uh, yes, that is the Pulitzer Prize winning reporter, reporter from, from the Washington, Washington Post. Post. Oh, wow. oh, and That's yeah, nice he's, that he's trending twi- uh, number two. Yeah, he um, fake news guy originally, but uh, Trump called him. Originally yes. during the campaign. Yes, he's and he, has one, a, he is perhaps the fake news guy. Yeah, he's the fake right. news guy that won a Pulitzer. Braun Strowman. Do we know who he is? I don't know don't who he know. is. He's trending three. Number four, you're going to love this. John Stamos is trending. Oh, Why no. would John Stamos be trending? Why? Can we guess? Let's guess. Let's guess. Why do you think New John Stamos... I don't know. Okay, I think that John Stamos is trying to reunite the Beach Boys again for a special version of Kokomo. Uh, I it hope it says has he died. Wait, Braun Strowman died. John Stamos died? Uh, Is that why he's trending? Oh my John God. John Phyllis Stamos died what? March 12, 2017. What? According Wait. to Wikipedia. John, John Stamos, Stamos died? died? This is Wikipedia. Wait a minute. Uh, I would have heard this all No, no, no. Here, Stamos, I've got trending now John Stamos. Because John Stamos and Bob Saget get emotional talking about Don Rickles. He always wanted us to settle down. Okay. See John Stamos, Bob Saget, remember Don Rickles on Kimmel. So because of something on Jimmy Kimmel, John Stamos is trending right now. He still looks really good for how old and he is. And someone is tampering with his Wikipedia page because it looks like... <laughs> I got and scared I'm not right there. <laughs> like, not I'm not John misreading, Stamos. but if he is alive, it is just... You, you guys know this is crazy because they just trended now. Everything just changed. I clicked on that to find out what's going on, but now John Stamos is not trending. What's trending now is United Stock... Yes, Jeez, yes, Tomahawk, Gwen Stefani, Yara Shahadi, Bill O'Reilly, Rental Cars, Seth Justman. Oh, Yada Shari is on Blackish. I know who she is, though. Cheap yeah. car rentals and business cards. Trending now isn't anything, it's just advertisements. I want to know about the United Scots uh, stock going down. I think that's awesome, especially like they like yeah, to drag people. Uh, off they the are plane. down 1%. Point one zero percent. They good. United Continental Holdings are down to sixty nine dollars and ninety three cents a share, down seventy eight cents or one negative one point one zero percent. Good. Um, they opened today at seven seventy one dollars and sixty five cents, and they closed at sixty nine dollars and ninety three cents. So their stock's dropping. So their stock is dropping. Good. Because United debacle shows airline lost faith in its own business model. Mm-hmm. United Airlines caused outrage by ejecting a passenger, and its stock went up, but then it went back down. So they were United's airline is recovered after doctor was doctor was dragged off plane. I didn't That's, even know what the story was. I just heard oh, everybody talking about United, and I'm like, what the fuck did they do? No, it's really, there's video, it's really fucked up. And you know, you travel, so you know, like, when you get overbooked, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be selling you a ticket, period, if there, if there's an overbooked flight. Right. But the problem is, so the reason why they were dragged, the, no one else wanted to volunteer. So basically, they went through a lottery system, <gasps> chose this guy, who had, who is a doctor, who had to be at home. And he didn't want to get off the plane. He paid money for that ticket. That's they, insane. They dragged him off. So there's a whole video. Um, the dude busted his like lip and what have <gasps> you. 
um, on the plane. Because they dragged him can off I, the plane. Can I make this even more shameful? Yeah. They had asked for volunteers, and this physician and his spouse and their family initially volunteered. But he had patient commitments that he couldn't break. Right. So that when he found out the next flight wasn't leaving that night, but the next morning at 8.30 a.m. He couldn't make it. He said, I apologize. I have to withdraw my offer to volunteer because I have professional obligations that that flight can't meet and my patients are depending on me. Then they attacked him. This was also a Chicago city employee. Wow. So we have to realize... That is, even though there's 100% tolerance for police misconduct in Chicago, it's not just the Chicago police. This is also a local Chicago story. And on top of that, um, they said also, um, he was, the guy came back onto the plane and he was very disoriented and what have you because, well, he got banged up. Um, oh, and and also the seats that the people had to give up were for the employees. Uh, no. Yes, yes, yes. So that's United the gives full refunds to passengers who witnessed man get dragged off plane. <laughs> well, that is as United Airlines con- continues to apologize for the violent removal of a passenger from an overbooked flight. The company is now reaching out to other customers who are on the plane. Wow, they lost oh, eight hundred million in value, but got some of it back. Uh, this is crazy. And you know, the thing is, it's just like, it's not even that fun to travel anymore because the fact that I don't fly United because they're a piece of shit. I like Virgin. I like Virgin too. Um, <laughs> um, but the fact that matter is just like, okay, I paid for this ticket. All right. Forcibly removed. You don't, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't overbook anything knowing the fact that, well, we oversold our tickets on this flight. So that means these people. My point is, why are you selling the tickets? If right, you, exactly. If, I mean, that's yeah. it's just plain and simple. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's not fun being pushed off a flight because that's happened to me before. Mm-mm. And especially when you paid for it. Absolutely. See, look at this. Trending now, Janet Jackson. The trendings move too fast. She's, How can things trend that fast? Because it's Yahoo. It's so dumb. It is it's dumb. It's dumb. What, is Janet Jackson dead now too? No, she's getting a divorce. Oh, Charlie Murphy's dead. I'm really, that totally bums me out. He was Charlie Murphy. He was funny on the Dave Chappelle show. I know. Trump to North Korea. We are sending an armada. Oh, great. Oh, God, here we go. Time to create a Syrian-style refugee crisis all through Asia with six times the population of Syria living in both countries on the North Korean peninsula. But then we're, we're, I mean, we're already not taking any Syrian refugees. We haven't taken anybody. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to cause conflict in another country and then we're not going to do anything to help. And drive oil prices up and destabilize Russia's rival China and destabilize Russia's enemies, our putative allies in Asia. Yes, well, I, and drive oil prices up. Did I, I just, mention that? I know, but it just sucks because I don't drive cars, and why do we have to have oil anyways? To keep Putin in power. It's just, I can't believe that Russia's that strong. Um, Russia gives Tillerson a dressing down, demands to know White House's real intentions on Syria. <laughs> Bread and circuses. I know, Bread this is crazy. They, they can't be working for Russia. Putin just dressed Rex down. Rex isn't Putin's toy. Putin would never pretend to not be his boss by dressing him down. Th- this is awful. Here's the worst one. This is terrible. This is, everybody should be afraid. And I feel like they put fear and all of it together. Yes. Teacher killed yeah, by husband, husband in, in San, elementary school. San murder Bernardino. suicide has decided she had to, I mean... 
teacher and boy die when husband opened fires in a San Bernardino yeah. classroom. That is it's it's fucking it's, sad. It's, it's it is so sad. Uh, Karen Smith's mother is certain that her daughter is in heaven and that her daughter's husband who killed her is not. And he's look black. Uh, I'm he I'm sure went to hell for breaking God's law. Irma Sykes tells people less than 24 hours after Smith 53 was shot and killed in her classroom mm. at North Park Elementary School in San Bernardino. Sykes is referring to Cedric Anderson also 53 who police described as Smith's estranged husband. The two were married in January. Wow, that wasn't long ago. Police said Anderson came into Smith's special education classroom, special education, of 15 students just before 10.30 and fired on her several times. He didn't say a word, according to the police, and then he killed himself. Two male students, eight and nine, were behind Smith in the shooting, and they were also hit. The eight-year-old Jonathan Martinez died. Sykes tells oh, people no. her daughter was the mother the mother of a, a fine lady and very spiritual. Police told reporters on Tuesday that Smith had worked for the school district the past 10 years and had joined North Park in 2015. She had four adult children, according to police. She was born again. She was a Christian. She loved the Lord, her mom said. She trained her children at church. Uh, bu- 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 bu. She was the type of person who continuously knows she cared. This is all very sa- sad. She was a teacher and she got shot. I did. I I was reading. I could have swore that there was some kind of like a physical abuse um, as well um, in the relationship. Uh, let's see. I read. I read this in Huffington Post. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it's just. It's funny because this is and this is from People too. So it's all like you know. It's all dumbed down and, yeah. and lightened up. I'm sure that it's better in um, the other in the in the Huffington Post but it's very very sad that this happened and especially a special education classroom and in a classroom period yeah in a classroom period which then makes people talk about drug and uh, not drug laws but gun laws here we go and I mean uh, man I mean I, the, I don't think guns have any point anymore because we can't rise up against our oppressor so what's the point of the second amendment if I mean we can't there's nothing we can do they, they own us if they want to bring drones down and, and if they want to knock knock who's their predator drone on our front door we're dead never answer the door to a predator drone and they'll shoot out the windows anyways it doesn't matter but I, I don't know it's all very I mean so what we like to do is we like to read all the the topics the and then and then say like what are they what do they want us to know right now what are they trying to tell us they want us to buy uh, we know that they want us to buy over here on the side some some insurance car insurance <laughs> They want us to buy something. There's a squirrel here. Uh, watch squirrel served ice cream cones twice daily. This is a happy news story. This is what we like. We like squirrels, raccoons. Katy Perry names us a pair of shoes after Hillary Clinton. Because that's feminism moving forward. Oh, by the way, is going that? back to the San Bernardino story. Yeah. Uh, the details that emerge. Let's see, this is Huffington Post because it's mm. for intelligent people. Right. Um, the um, It became clear that it took place inside a classroom where it was driven by domestic violence. Oh. So there was a history of domestic violence um, in that relationship. But they'd only been married since January. Well, you know... Batter woman syndrome is a real thing. That's true. It's real. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, I have bait clicked on the cute um, thing of the. I'm gonna see the. Rec- I'm gonna see Amita eat a, a cone. I think that's important for us. To I think change you our should. Outlook. I think after this, we should go to Fox News. Oh yeah, we should check that out. 
Just, uh, I, I just want to see if O'Reilly pops up anywhere because I, I heard he's supposed to be going on a vacation. Oh, yeah. Well, there's definitely an O'Reilly thing happening because he's definitely trending right now. But, like, this is... Okay, that's cute. Look at that. <laughs> it's a squirrel with a mini ice cream cone and it's eating it and it's really, really cute. But this is it's on like, ABC News. Like this news. makes me really sad that this is an ABC News story that's trending that I can click on. But look how cute it is. I mean, this is fucking cute. It's squirrel it's eating ice cream cone. going outside and checking out nature. It is darling look at that cute little I would give squirrels daily ice cream cones I would give raccoons daily ice cream cones there it is there it is coming in sitting down there it is it come come on in talk to the squirrel watch him eat an ice cream cone kids this shit ain't real yeah this is real it's look at their acute opposable thumbs I mean this shit ain't real the fact that they're showing this on the news as it's important yeah well it's uh, this is trending news it's just it is Look at that little. They keep squirrel. showing the same thing over and over too, because it's just so fucking cute. It's on Good Morning America on ABC. Stupid ass shit. Okay, so we're going to Fox Foes, News. Foes news. <laughs> Foxnews.com. Because we need to know what the enemy is doing. <laughs> oh, look! They showed the picture of the guy with the duck got dragged off, and he's all bleeding and on the overbooked flight. Fox News. Number one story, low, low point. point in Moscow. Tillerson says U.S.-Russia relations strained by low level of trust. Oh, surprise, but not. Russia nu- nuclear-capable bombers fly near Japan. China's Xi tells Trump that Beijing will work with U.S. on North Korea. North Korea warns of nuclear attack against the U.S. France's Trump stirs the pot just like Donald Trump we are sending an armada to North Korea and Trump we're not going into Syria so we don't have to nothing what on is Bill. they so that's um, there's nothing on Bill already they're golden, golden boy latest news CEO airline will no longer use police to remove passengers scariest mugshot that's not anything real I bet you they're black or brown or Muslim <laughs> there's nothing nothing good here um, Gingrich, Fieselot. You wanted to specifically look for. I wanted to see if I just Bill to, O'Reilly. Yeah, stuff. I, because everyone, every place else, <coughs> was trending on it. And <coughs> um, Fox News has not. <coughs> Drunk mom flips car in shocking crash with baby inside. Oh my God! Thanks, Fox News. Sensationalism, much? Um, let's look up O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Let's see what he's got. Sexual predator Bill. I mean, I guess. Oh no, this is his own thing again. This is his. This is where he doesn't talk about things. Uh, Bill on Trump. He's very quiet these days. Donald Trump's very quiet these days. Isn't he quiet? What happened yeah. to the guy who was tweeting his heart out and yelling at the press? Was he quiet just this week? Shut up. Uh, let's see. Just if we put Bill O'Reilly in, what we get out. We get, is he really going off the air? Is he taking vacation amid scandal? Bill O'Reilly taking vacation amid scam, scandal, advertise ex, advertiser exodus. Um, yeah, so he's going on vacation. Where is he going on vacation? He's not going on vacation. You know what that means. O'Reilly usually takes time off around Easter, they say. Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if his ass gets back on the air. Uh, he's on a nearly two-week vacation. He'll return on April 24th, and there'll be a bunch of rotating hosts in his absence. <laughs> See? So that'll be fun. 
he's I just there's I've I'm so I have so much like confusion and hatred right now toward everything going on and like that somehow in the mix we got targeted and and you know what fine we we like to drink here but I, I didn't realize it was so illegal to like we're not a bar have a couple beers we're not a bar. And we're not a bar. But, um, so I guess you can't drink anywhere except your house. Okay, but for example, okay, when offices have office parties, or some offices have bars in them. Because they're not open to the public. Like, I think if we... <coughs> oh, shit, that's good. Uh, and... <coughs> coughing commercial break. <laughs> oh, crap. She <laughs> <laughs> greedy hit. <laughs> My question is, is the, is the ABC once it becomes what's <coughs> marijuana is legal, and is isn't it? ABC, it's the ABMC because the marijuana is controlled, you know, alcohol beverage control board. There'll be one for marijuana. Are they going to listen to the AltaCast and they're going to come in here, you know, and I, not let us smoke a vaporizer the, the because we're open is, to the public? <coughs> is that is that really what's going to happen? It, it's it's. I hate to say it, but it's down this starting to sound that way. I mean, obvious. I mean, it's just weird. You know, I can smoke pot at home. I can drink at home. I mean, are they going to crack down on bars that let you smoke pot outside the back patios? Oh, yeah. Of? So then suddenly... You're not supposed to be doing that. Right, yeah. but if the bar doesn't care, who cares? No, well, ABC will be coming in <laughs> right. with their hoodie and their jeans. Right. Looking all normal looking and shit. Looking all normal and shit. And Trapping like nope. a motherfucker. <laughs> I thought it was kind of entrapment too, but... <coughs> I hope... God, I hope everything works out. But we'll see. I mean, they could throw the book at me. They could be like, yeah, you're totally legal. I'd be like, all, all right. I mean, <coughs> it just seems like such a small infraction. It's not like there are 100 people here. It's a tiny little room. But I guess... What did they do with your money? They took it. They took the money from the door and they took the $7. But it didn't really matter because... It, of the 79 they'd put in 15 so or they only paid eight at the door so it was five and eight which was only 13 dollars was there there so did they like stop during the middle of the show they yeah in the they stopped me and i was trying to run the board and they showed their badges in the middle of the show the band kept playing and i was running the board and they're flashing their badges around they don't know how to go out on a saturday night do they no well and uh, it's just such a bummer because it was so we were having so much fun. There's like nobody here too. There are less than 17 people, including the band. Like it was just like people in the show drinking. Okay, okay so okay, I got another example. Um, when art galleries have art shows, they said that's illegal too. I asked them. I said, "What about like open studios that just happened last week and everybody's giving away wine?" And they we said, targeted. "That's that's." They said that's illegal too. We were targeted. Yeah. They they want to shut it. They want to shut they, it down. They, we were targeted. I mean, they just come on. I mean, seriously, 
Every Friday night, you can go to an art gallery and see, and plainly see that people are having cocktails because it's an art gallery opening. I don't see... They might have a permit for all I know. I don't know. I mean, it's just... I've never been a fan of ABC. I just, I, okay, I'm like, fine. We can't sell beer, but you can't have any beer. People can't even bring their own. That's the thing. I guess BYOB is illegal. It's just like um, the Afghan was a was a restaurant that got inadvertently outed by the Chronicle. So the Chronicle wrote this really cool review on this restaurant, the Afghan, and the ABC got wind of it, and it was about bringing your own beer to the they mentioned that you can bring your own beer to this place yeah, they don't yeah. have a problem with it they look the other way and the abc did a sting on them too and they got in trouble Shit. so and there's like and you know i never thought about that factor because there's a ton of byob places in chicago yeah. you know because they can't get a liquor license right so they be what be oh man what the fuck is the point of ABC? I don't, I don't know either. It's, I guess it's extra money, extra taxes. I, I don't really yeah. understand. Because it seems like we're so small. I mean, there's got to be a way that we can legally rig it so that we can drink in here. Well, let's not say the word rig on the air. Right. Well, and not, le- I mean, but figure out whatever it is. Like, how much, a, how much is a permit legally to, like, for an event? If I have every Friday night from 8 to 10 and I'm like... But the thing like is, we t- don't make any money. We never make any money off the alcohol. We just don't. It's basically don't the alcohol it. pays for itself. We make people donate to have to have it. We don't make people donate. And we don't make people. We ask people to donate. Yeah. So that we don't lose money because we want to drink here. But that's the thing. We're just not even allowed to drink here. That's the thing I can't wrap my brain around is that I'm not allowed to have a beer here anymore. Like, it's crazy to me that that's... But that's the law. I'm like... That's the law? Seriously? There's no open containers out in the street, which to right, me is which a little is, bit more dangerous. Sure. Because it's, that's actually out in the public. Right. But the fact that you're in a small, small enclosed place and you're not right by a school, you're not serving alcohol. No, we're not. It's just, you know. But they say I'm distributing. Anyways, it's all going to, we're going to. I think it'll all blow through. Things going to be okay. I got to send up stuff today. <laughs> So, thanks for being here today, everybody. Yeah. We had Trump rabies on. I didn't necessarily... I mean, we'll see. I don't... I, everyone's I, I'm welcome. optimistic. On, everyone's welcome on the Altacast. Yeah. You're optimistic. I'm not, man. I'm starting to be like, ugh, I just want to smoke pot and watch Netflix all day. I just... I don't want to... I'm just... Ugh. It's too much right now. It's too much right now. I mean, in comedy, I tried to do comedy last night in Brainwash. There's nobody there. Because it wasn't an open mic, it was a showcase, and everyone went to open mics. It's fine. It was weird. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> I had three three IPAs at Bender's, and then we split a pitcher at Brainwash. And I was on the show, and no one was there. And I did 10 minutes, but I was pretty wasted. <laughs> like, like, the only person that was there was Jonathan, and there was some guy in front. And then there was, Casey was hosting it, and there was Sabrina Miller in back, and one other person back there. Maybe Zach Wiseman was there because he was on after me, but he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so it was like seven people, but whatever. It was fine. Well, tonight I have to babysit. Tonight I serve white people. To- but what's tomorrow I babysit too. Yeah. And then Friday we're back here on Pam Dassett's Comedy Club. It's the karaoke song and set show. So it's going to be doubly hard not to drink because everyone, <laughs> I'm going to be like, you guys, you got to get drunk somewhere else before you get here to perform. I'm sorry about that. 
Uh, but it's going to be a fun show. We'll see if anybody shows up in solidarity for the station. And uh, $5 every Friday. Come on down. Come and get it. Come and get it. All right. We'll be back next week. Yay. Next week, maybe we'll do Neil Gorsuch or, or even Clarence Thomas would be a really good one. Another, Uncle, Another Tom. Uncle Tom. We could do. He's got Tom in his name. Yeah, we, he's got Tom in his name. Uh, why don't we, uh, we'll go out listening to it again to see if it was any good. Let's listen to it. Yeah, we're going to listen to it again. And Pull up. Yep. All right, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, this again is the Uncle Tom Rap. We'll see you guys next week. This week's rap is about Ben Carson. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uh, we've got some... We've got some cushion money rap instrumental beat on the background. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see what happens. Ben Carson, Uncle Tom, today uh, with Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. We're here for you. Oh, is it not? I put it in the wrong one. Dang it. There it goes. Now it's going. I put it in the wrong one. Just like. There we go. Oh. Progressive thinks he's an Uncle Tom. Mm, Uncle Tom. I'm I'm not sure I agree that there isn't a fair amount of racism here. Not too much racism. What? I said there's not not too much racism. Ain't no racism, boss. There there is, but not where you'd expect it to be. Nope. It's mostly with the progressive movement who will look at someone like me. NASA. And because of the color of my pigment, they decide there's a certain way that I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's boss. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on me. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And to me, that is racism. What? Meatballs? No. There's not as much as you'd where you'd expect it to be. There is, but not where you'd expect it to be. And they look at my pigment, and they decide there's a certain way I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And that, to me, is racism. 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 Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. What if on D-Days our soldiers invading the beaches at Normandy had set their colleagues to be cut down, a hundred bodies laying in the sand, a thousand bodies laying in the sand? What if they had been frightened and turned back? Well, I guarantee you were frightened. I guaranteed you they were frightened, but they didn't turn back. They stepped over the bodies of their colleagues, knowing that in many cases they would never see the homeland of their loved ones again, and they stormed those Axis troops, and they stormed that beach, and they died. Why did they do that? They didn't do that for themselves. They did it for you, and they did it for me, and now it's our turn. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom, and they heap all kinds of hatred on you. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom with gifted hands. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. So that to me is racism. 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 Uh, Uncle Tom. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nature. Nation. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. I forgot I was black. 
I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I would certainly not agree with that. I forgot I was a nigga. <laughs> Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And if you know, if and you know, if there's somebody who's of any faith, but they say things, and their life has been consistent with the things that will elevate this nation and make it possible for everybody to succeed and bring peace and harmony. Oh, then I'm with that. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom slaves were tourists. Uncle Tom. Slaves were tourists. Slaves were immigrants. Coming over on the boat, making this world a better place. Obamacare is worse than slavery. Uncle Tom said. I'm an Uncle Tom on the worst things since slavery. Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. I've never been whipped before. Never been whipped before. <laughs> All right, we did it again. <laughs> yes. We did it again. I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even going to be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question? absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Tuesdays. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich.
crash to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. This is a story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Sick Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Sick Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. You're standing on my neck. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's 